0: Hey family, I am Elsa Curtin. This is Blue Family Unity. If you're part of the law enforcement family, this is your show. Here, we talk about all things law enforcement family life. The good, the bad, the funny, and the sad, and everything in between. Whether you're a spouse, significant other, parent, sibling, extended family, or friend, you'll find relatable, helpful, and entertaining insights on the Blue Family Unity Show. Today's a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. If you follow the link in my show's notes, let Buzzsprout know that I sent you, and you get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan, and you help support our show. So let's get started. All right, hello, and welcome to the first real episode of Blue Family Unity. I am your host, Elsa Kurt. You may have heard the pre-game <laughs> warm-up show that I did, and that was really just to test out the equipment and all that fun stuff before we did a real episode. Although I guess if I if I posted the episode, that makes it real, doesn't it? But anyhow, this is the very first one, and I feel like it's Probably a good idea to tell you where all of this came from and why I'm doing this. I am a very vocal, sometimes snarky, pro police advocate, and the biggest reason for that is because I am married to a police officer. We've been together for nearly 14 years, and um, in that time, I've had the good fortune to discover all that is good and all of what is not so good about police family life. And I've been really, really lucky to have a partner who embraces and appreciates my involvement. And he is actually side note. He's the reason I became an author. He was the motivating force behind my law enforcement advocacy. And, um, I'm kind, of, kind of proud to say that he's my biggest fan. So I'm a, I'm a pretty lucky ducky. That's definitely an understatement. I, I am well aware of how fortunate I am and how fortunate we are to be at this phase of our life and to be on this journey together. It's a rare treasure in this world to find someone that you feel that way about and consistently feel that way about. So uh, we're pretty lucky. So that's kind of the backstory. I thought that it was only fitting to invite my husband as the very first guest on the show. So he, I don't want to say reluctantly agreed. He cautiously agreed. This is not really his lane. He doesn't really do the social media stuff. He's got like a Facebook account and I'm pretty sure that's about it. I think he he signed up for Instagram and I don't know if he's ever even gone on the app other than to sign up for it, but uh, he's kind of a private guy. You know, he's he's not really the one to be doing this kind of crazy stuff that I do. He lets this be my lane. He's got his lane, I've got my lane, and uh, somehow it all works pretty perfectly. But somehow, I conned him into coming onto the show tonight. So this is going to be a lot of fun for me to watch him... <laughs> be in the uh, in the hot seat I guess you would call it but I've already told him this is not going to be like a stressful interview this is just us hanging out talking like we usually do so we we have a, a friday night date night i we not really call it that but just for the sake of explaining it that's what we're calling out we're not we're not like the people that sit there and go okay it's time for our friday night date night or we just you know we like to go out to eat and have some cocktails and just kind of catch up on the week you know the week everybody's week is busy you're you're caught up with all your stuff your your work life all your stuff and things and you're tired at the end of the day. Well, i won't speak for anybody else I think that's pretty accurate though, right? We are, you know, we're tired at the end of the day. So this is our, you know, our Friday nights is our catch up time where we just kind of catch up on all of the things that are going on and that we're thinking, we're feeling all this stuff. So I suggested to him that he tried thinking of this like that. And I even offered to make him a cocktail. So I did make him one. I don't know if he's going to have it or not. We'll see. (laughs) he he might not he might want to have his wits about him as I grill him no I'm kidding I'm not gonna grill him he's not gonna get grilled here this is just gonna be a really fun conversation and uh, I do I have questions lined up for him and everything it's gonna be really really fun and I probably shouldn't tell you this but I did give him the questions in advance because I don't want him to be caught off guard you know I don't want to put him on the spot he's my buddy He's my pal, so I'm not going to put him on the spot. The best part about this for him and for me, too, who, what am, who am I kidding, is that I get to go in and edit all this before you listen to it. So if there's anything I don't want you to hear, it's gone. You'll never know unless I tell you. And I do throw myself under the bus pretty often. So it wouldn't be too much of a surprise if I do that. But um, I've kept you waiting long enough, haven't I? I've, I've yapped on for, let's see, how long has it been? Oh, come on. It hasn't even been that long. Looks like it's just over five minutes. I can keep talking. I should, shouldn't I? No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you. I'm going to get my husband in here to the studio and uh, we're going to have a nice little chat. So stay tuned for that. All right, guys, I have a great idea for you. Save yourself that trip to the market. Let Instacart deliver your groceries to you in as fast as one hour. They connect you with a personal shopper in your area to shop and deliver groceries from your favorite stores. I've been doing this well over a year now and I love it. I love it. And I know people are worried about what kind of produce they're going to get picked out for them or what kind of meats they're going to get 1st hand experience you're only getting the best here's a really great deal you're going to get free delivery on your very first order over $35 so it's worth at least trying it out so do me a favor follow the link in my show's notes that'll let instacart know that i sent you and you'll help support our show All right. As promised, I brought in the husband. He is not thrilled. He is not excited. (laughs) He's very uncomfortable right now. So first off, hi, honey. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on the show. Pleasure. Yeah. Are you sure about that? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, so this is pretty different, right? We've never done anything like this before. Correct. I've never interviewed you, right? You've never interviewed me, correct? Correct. So this is really weird. Actually, you can count when we went on. On our um, our first date, right? That was kind of like an interview. Informal. Yeah,
1: but very conscious of it. Yeah, we
0: were both nervous. I was nervous.
1: You were nervous, Steph.
0: You're not going to admit that you were nervous. No. You were a little bit nervous. You had to be. No. Not at all.
1: No. Really. Sorry. <laughs>
0: wow well i was i was nervous until i had like three glasses of wine before you showed up and then, well, then i knew I was you okay.
1: i knew you were uptight when you lost the plate <laughs> fell on the floor and crashed
0: I, how did i know you were going to tell that story go ahead yeah. go ahead who's going to tell it you're going to tell it or i'm going to tell you it? Can t- i can tell it all right so i'll tell it so uh as i might have <laughs> mentioned i had a couple cocktails before you showed up because like i said I was nervous, and we we're having a nice conversation. And I was having uh, what was I having? Shrimp cocktail. I had a nice. It was big jumbo shrimp cocktails, and I was cutting them. And I talk with my hands. I'm not Italian, but I talk with my hands. Well, the whole time, as I'm talking, the plate is inching closer towards me to the edge of the table. And we're at those one of those bar height tables. And he's just watching me, by the way. He's not saying a word. You didn't say a word. Did can not. we just, yeah, can we pause for a second in this story and acknowledge the fact that you did not say a word about the... Did not. Did not. Did <laughs> not. <laughs> Is All right. So, so anyhow, the obvious happened. The plate fell, but hand to God, the plate fell in slow motion. It was like, it was like every movie you see in every, you know, rom-com, the plate just tumbled and it spun around like in circles and it shattered on the floor. And we both watched the plate fall and we both looked up at, I'm guessing probably the same time. And I had to confess to him the absolute truth, which was shit like that happened happens all the time with me. And we kind of just moved on. And I, I, I know what you think, but they don't know what you thought at that moment. So what did you think? I don't even know if I remember what you thought at that moment. What did you think at that magical moment of my grace?
1: I just thought it was funny and it was it was relaxing even though it was nervous for you and nerve-wracking. Um, <laughs> I was fine. Obviously, I was curious and wanted to know more about you, so here we are 13 <laughs> years later.
0: Were you really impressed with me at that point? Did you think I was drunk? Did you yes. know? Yeah. You knew. You knew. <laughs> the other part of that story is that I was almost on a constant basis. Like every time you walked away or, or turned away for any reason, or if you went up to the bar to get another drink for us, um, I was texting or call It was like texting or calling her. I think it was no, calling. Maybe
1: both. I don't really know.
0: So I was calling. Until that one time. Yeah, until you caught me. Until mm. you like flat out caught me, right? I was texting my... my best friend. I was letting her know like every step of the way of this date. Cause it was, a you know, it was basically a blind date. We'd only had email exchanges right. to that point. Yep. And so it was our very first meeting. So I, uh, I was, I kept calling her or texting her. What What I didn't notice was that there was like a, full length mirror behind the bar so every time he went up to the bar and we were at the tables like adjacent to the bar basically is that right he could see me calling her so every time he walked away he could see that i was you know through the mirror he could see that that's what i was doing that i was calling the friend and i don't remember what point you ever said anything did you say something there or at the next place i don't remember Uh, i don't
1: really know but i thought it was fine actually yeah Uh, it was funny but it was fine in (laughs) in light of the real world and things that go on i was totally cool with it
0: yeah that was the nice part he actually appreciated that that I was not, you didn't think I was some dipshit that was going to trust any guy, right? Right. And that was
1: fine. Yep. Yep. Absolutely fine.
0: So, which is important, ladies. Any ladies here that are of dating age and listening to this, you know, if you go out and date with a guy and he's got a problem with you checking in with your girlfriends or your, you know, family member or whoever, yeah, you got to get rid of him really quick. You want a guy like this who is totally cool with that and, you know, even basically encourages it for your own safety. So just a little tip. So we had a, a great night that night. It was a lot of fun. And I already knew that I liked you. Did Did you already know? You knew you liked me. You wanted to see me again. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think you fell in love with me, That that... No. <laughs> I wish you could see his. I wish you could see his face right now. With the the look of blank <laughs> horror. <laughs> so no, huh? You weren't. I feel, no, I I'm, think
1: you can imagine yourselves together, but. You have to get mm-hmm. there. It's a process. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I already had our babies' names picked up. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I was well past baby age. I swear to God, I'm kidding. But I really did. I was very smitten with you. What did I keep saying? I tell, he knows. He knows all these. Stories. Of course, we know each other's stories about our, our meetings. I have more stories. You have like you don't have any stories? Well, oh, share. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I'll tell you one one of his stories. If you listen to the first episode, the pre-show show, I talked a little bit about how Paul and I met, and that was was on match.com and we both we were very open of course we both said that you know we had met other people prior to each other and kind of told the horror stories of, of our dates or not even they weren't even necessarily horror stories there, there was like we each had probably one respective story of some somebody who was a little wacky but they're you know just whatever and somebody that I had gone on a couple of dates with he whose name I can't even remember he knew that I liked Lindsay Buckingham you know from Leewood Mac and um, so he surprised me with tickets to go see him you have a similar story which is pretty funny but at the same time paul was seeing somebody also somebody else other than me and um she had tickets to what was it earth went and fire earth went and fire yeah tickets to earth went and fire so we both blew off these people and these concerts that we both respectively wanted to go to do you think um, those people hate us
1: technically we did yeah. do that yes
0: yep i don't know that's that was a funny answer do you think that was a funny answer he said technically we did i bet he handled it nicer than i did he's a nice a person than i am we've already this isn't a surprise we've already established this a long time ago he is the nice one i'm the mean one is that accurate
1: yeah that's pretty accurate
0: yeah I, you could you didn't have to answer that's like the fastest he's answered one of these questions did you notice that he couldn't answer that damn question fast enough oh, sorry <sighs> all right so let's see so i have notes and i have to look at my notes because otherwise i'm just going to start rambling and we'll just talk about bullshit and i'll forget that you guys are going to be listening to this and i'll so much editing to do, and that'll suck. So I, I have to look at my notes here. Okay, so we already talked about. Oh no, we didn't talk about this. I said before you came out. I said I. We're, I told you already that we were gonna just pretend like this is a date night. This is our date night. We have pretend sushi in front of us. There's no sushi, but um, we do have cocktails. So this is just gonna be a nice, fun conversation. So you have to pretend that there isn't a microphone smack in front of your face. All right, you let's can do, do that. It. All right, yep. cool. All right. So now let's see. Oh, I already asked this question. I. I I asked you already if you knew that you were instantly in love with me. So I'm going to answer that one for you since you answered wrong. And the answer for that is yes, of course he did. Great answer. Yes. That's what I thought. I knew that was what you meant. So so let's talk about the time when you told me that you were a cop. And it was through the email exchange. Yes. Right? We had gone back and forth a few times. We were having great conversations. Except Mm -hmm. for that one, what did you say to me? You said something to me because I missed your phone call. Uh, I was
1: busting your chops. Yeah, you
0: did. You busted my chops. And it was kind of funny. Caught me off guard. But I knew right away he had a he had my kind of sense of humor. So that was already a good a good sign. And, and we had we both had little dogs and we both have an affection for Elvis Presley. So, I mean, that's that's winning right there all the way right there. So we were having these great exchanges and then it came time to talk about meeting, meeting up for the first time and you said that you basically warned me you said I just want you to know that I'm a police officer and if that's a problem for you that you would understand so and you and his profile uh, had nothing no identifiers nothing to on Match.com to show that he was a police officer this was a surprise I had no idea and for me I had no prior experience date. I never dated a police officer never dated a first responder I don't have any in my family so this was you know a completely World to me. So, yeah, so you telling me that you were a police officer, had you ever, prior to me, told someone that and they said, okay, yeah, thanks for letting me know, I'm out, I'm not interested? Had had that ever happened to you?
1: So, let's start at the beginning. This was match.com, it was before all the apps that are available today. And if some of those apps were available, I wasn't aware of it after coming off a long-term relationship where none of that stuff was relevant to me. So I signed up for that. I didn't really know how to go about all of this, uh, being about 40 years old at the time, maybe a couple of years older, Mm -hmm. and trying to figure out life and what the next step is. So I didn't want anyone to have an opinion one way or the other about police officers. I wanted it to be about myself and that person Mm -hmm. of interest. So I didn't post anything that said anything about that at all. But I always knew I would say something as... (laughs) communication increased we were about to get
0: to know each other more i always liked that actually i always liked that part of our story that we met like our meeting was so i think you used the word pure like we didn't have any people in common we didn't have any overlap of anything else in our lives we were just two people who met each other on like really neutral terms you know so there was no preconceived notion about anything Uh, but for me about you i I don't know what my reaction, like I don't know how I would have reacted knowing right off the bat that you were a police officer. Because I I probably wouldn't have had huge reactions simply because it's out of my wheelhouse. It's like out of my realm of experience. So I would have just chalked it up to, okay, so this is, this is new, but you made me understand pretty quickly that, you know, it was, it was a bigger deal. So I did, I did have to take some time to think about it. And I think the, well, I know, and you know this, because we've had this conversation. We're just pretending that we've never had this conversation before. The first time that I saw you in uniform was the time that it it really hit me and we'd been together already maybe like three months or so and he was where you were working midnights my kids my girls at the time were teen and preteen they were away and it was one of the probably literally the first time that we had an opportunity for me to come visit you while you were on the job we agreed to meet up you know as long as nothing happened on your end to deter that at a a dunkin donuts or a coffee I got there first it seems to be a habit I have to be the first to arrive and when you walked in full uniform it was the first time I'd ever seen him like that in full uniform and that was when it really hit me like what you do and I've told the story before and I'll tell it again I had two very distinct reactions all right guys I think this might be a good spot to take a just a quick little break here and we'll be right back after this if you've been listening to this podcast and thought you know what I could do that well today's a great day to start your own podcast whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it would be fun to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Let's create something great together. If you follow the link in my show's notes, let's Buzzsprout know that I sent you and you get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for the paid plan and you help support our show. All right, we are back with Blue Family Unity with the same word. I walked in and I said, Damn. And then shortly after the next thought I had was damn. And it was because I got it. I finally got it that this isn't a fucking joke. This is real life. Like what you do is serious and it's scary. And I I knew, I mean, I don't know when this guy knew that he was falling for me. I knew already at that point that you know, I saw a future with this guy. And, you know, because like I said, I had young girls. So that was the the moment that I realized that this is for real, and I have two young kids who were equally smitten with you, and they they pretty much adored you from the moment they met you. And that's a story in itself, of course. Sure it is. those Definitely. you know, those sure. stinkers. So when we started dating, I you know, I kind of had a, a rule about dating life that no one was gonna meet my kids unless it was serious. So that's a pretty typical. Rule that people have when they're dating when they have kids. And my kids, I, I did not hide the fact that I was dating. I just, you know, it was, I was pretty open about it I, that they weren't going to meet him unless I knew it was serious. They had different plans. So my older daughter, our teenager, ambushed us one night. She was supposed to be uh, over a girlfriend's house for a sleepover. And Paul and I were going to a party in the neighborhood, in my neighborhood. And she literally came out of the bushes with uh, her little friend and just ran up at us and poor paul was shell-shocked but totally cool totally cool but a little shocked. and she ran up and she said you know she introduced herself and paul being the the gentleman that he is put his hand out to shake his shake her hand and greet her and my fresh kid said uh what'd she say she said oh
1: we don't shake hands we give hugs yeah
0: yes (laughs) yeah we don't shake hands we give hugs and my brazen child hugged my (laughs) new boyfriend and and yeah so that was was how she met. And and then uh, how he met our our second daughter is uh, actually awful. We were going away for a trip. And the day that we were to leave, one of our dogs, one of our small dogs got hit by a car. And that was when and how he met the younger ones. So both very, very strong impressions right off the bat, (laughs) which is typical. This is, you know, of course, this is a a perfect example of how us three hurricanes are, right? (laughs) I think that's probably a good way to describe us. Pretty much. Yeah, Yeah. my poor husband really just walked into a shitstorm of female hormones and (laughs) craziness. He's got a teenager and a preteen and he did not have biological children so this was pure madness to introduce this poor man to and he was you were absolutely amazing so I could talk for hours how you are were and are as a parental figure to the girls but I want you to talk a little bit about your feelings and your process with that of how you decided that you were going to do this
1: I think we had already discussed through match.com and our few meetings you about the kids. They actually existed. They are real. Um, ultimately, their biological father ended up living 1500 miles away in Florida. So I think when you step into that situation, you have to always remember you're not just involved with mom. Now you are involved with the kids. Mm-hmm. It's inevitable. You can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't separate the children from the adult. Right. So I was aware of that going in. I Unfortunately, I'm a product of parental divorce. I lived that experience.
0: Young. You were very young. I was yep. young
1: and I had a great stepfather whom I learned from. Um, his, and I've said this before, his biggest attribute was inclusiveness. Mm-hmm. It was always part of it. And he understood you don't just date my mom, mm-hmm. you own me too. Yep. And we're together. <laughs> and that's the way it is. And it was like that for probably three decades. Before my mom passed away. Yep. Tony's a great guy. I knew that and I accepted that and I liked it and it was instinctual for me. Mm -hmm. The kids were also at a great age where... They were receptive. They were receptive. They kind of understood what was going on in their lives with Mm -hmm. their own father and mother. Yep. There was distance between your divorce... And me, right? So there's no negative connotations or connection there.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And it, we developed a friendship, children and I. I've told him many a time, I will be the person you need me to be. You need to be me to be the father. That's great. You need me to cheer you on at your Mm -hmm. sporting events, which is what I did. That's also great. I ended up going to guidance counselors as they were ready to graduate and having those meetings and doing different things and getting them prepped for the the next step. And uh, I accepted it all. And they also filled a great void in my life because I did not have children. They actually filled a void for me. And here we are 13 years later, one big family.
0: Yeah, they they actually, because it happened pretty early on, very quickly that the girls would gravitate to Paul to confide in, you know, when they had problems or issues or, you know, anything going on, you know, they would go running to him and you know probably because he is the more calm one of all of us <laughs> he has much better reactions than uh than i do i have to tell one of my favorite stories about you because he's so modest to tell you these things that he'll, he would never tell anyone about himself my favorite story or one of them there's a lot about you and the girls is the basketball story Uh, you know which one i'm talking about Mm -hmm. so my uh our younger daughter was uh playing basketball she's on a basketball team like parks and rec i don't know if i think everybody has parks and rec i don't really know they were it was like their little playoff game and she was i don't know what was she like 11 12, maybe? Yeah, something around there. And we were getting to the fourth quarter, right? That's the fourth Mm. quarter. We got into the fourth quarter. She started not feeling well, so she had to sit out. Game was really close, and they ended up losing. And she was just devastated, just absolutely devastated. She beelined for... That in itself, of course, is just so sweet and endearing. And I loved that, that she felt that comfort level with him and and wanted his his comfort. But here's the thing that told me that you were 100% the guy to be part of our family. So girls are... Like I'm stating the obvious, girls are super hyper emotional. I think guys tend to think that we want you to fix problems for us. And sometimes we just need to be our emotional selves. And for her, this was that time. She just needed to cry on someone's shoulder. And you inherently knew that. And you understood it and you didn't try and joke her out of it or tease her out of it. You just you just put your arm around her and the two of you. And it's just it's like in, it's burned in my brain in a, in a wonderful way. This image of the two of you walking, you know, arm in arm, you were just you just comforted her. And that was when I knew that, OK, this guy gets it. This guy totally gets it and we're going to keep him for life (laughs) we're not going to get rid of him we're going to keep him forever even if he doesn't want to stay we're keeping him and it's always been that way it's always been that way with the girls you have and with me i have to say i've never in my life met anyone who can um handle me (laughs) who can deal with me Guess in the way that makes me act right (laughs) and that is what you are able to do with us so we uh we always thank you for that we give you enough praise for that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, <I'm> good. <laughs> you mentioned that you were married before. I obviously was married before too. We had obviously very separate experiences as far as marriage was concerned prior to each other. But the one thing I think that we, of course, have in common, because nobody gets divorced because you think your your spouse is fantastic. Um, nobody says, you know, I think I'm going to divorce you because you're so damn great. You get divorced because it's not working. And obviously, that was the case is for both. Of us. I think the thing that we can relate to with each other for our divorces, as for as different as they were from each other, was that we knew what we didn't want out of life anymore. Mm-hmm. So, we, sure. right, we all know that law <clears throat> enforcement marriages have a very high divorce rate. That's common knowledge. So, in your experience between your marriage that didn't work and now your marriage that is working, what would you say? are the most common pitfalls for law enforcement marriages? Well, I
1: think it's such an open-ended question, and there's so many factors. Some of the more obvious ones, right away you're going to shift work generally. You're the junior man, meaning you're the newest guy, so you're getting shifts that you're not getting optimal shifts, put it that way. Um, you're starting to miss holidays and birthdays mm-hmm. and important events that you simply cannot go to due to working or going into work within those same hours. And that keeps you from enjoying yourself and, and being able to attend a lot of these events, mm-hmm. these social events that wears on you after a while, for sure. sure. I think some of the other things are you're always on as a police officer. You are no longer a news watcher. You've become a, news maker. And that is a a whole nother level of public scrutiny I've been doing this for 35 years collectively and today is actually the worst I've ever seen that type of yeah. thing in our job for all the wrong reasons by the way so there's there's all of that to be a police officer the mentality that it takes that mentality alone is important you need it to survive on this job and to be able to do this job effectively but you are all in and the more active the police department is the more active you are and you are all in with your friends mm-hmm. your co-workers, And you develop strong bonds and that adrenaline rush and that stimulus that the job brings is very hard to replicate. And uh, I worked in a major urban city and I experienced that there quite often in my young days. And when that pager or cell phone went off in those days, Mm -hmm. you... Almost couldn't wait to go in because it meant action. It meant stimulus. It meant adrenaline. It meant doing something that you viewed as important.
0: Which obviously does not bode well for family life, married life. Correct. And a spouse <clears throat> who's home, you know, typically alone. And that's the biggest complaint I always hear from law enforcement spouses, especially during that of the climb, mm-hmm. the loneliness. So yes. that's the, you know, the spouse side of it. The, the, it's just a long-term loneliness and, and people always asking, you know, are you sure you have a husband? Ha ha ha. And yes, you know, that all of that.
1: It is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's not just a job or a career. It is a lifestyle. What do I mean by that? I mean, it is all encompassing. It is always a part of your day, your night, your on duty and off duty time. It's always part of everything. Your friends become those that are on the job most often. Mm-hmm. Why? Because you tend to get closer to people you work with. Some of your civilian friends, if you're not careful, fall by the wayside. That's very true. Yes. Uh, that is a thing as well. And you surround yourself with the job. It just morphs into on-duty and off-duty. Uh, when I was younger and I was working uh, working out at a gym or something, trying to stay fit, uh, who am I working out with? Police officers. Sure. Friends. My partner. Because mm-hmm. we worked the same shift. We worked, right. worked uh, together mm-hmm. all the time on a two-man assignment. It's It's everywhere. You're going to weddings. You're going to uh, birthday parties, you're, sure. you're spending holidays with each other as right. couples, as groups. And usually it's all people, you know, right. from the job. So, and again, the bigger the department, the more prevalent that is because right. there's always people around to hang out with.
0: And it's, and I know from our earlier, like our dating life, that it's, it's hard to bring your spouse mm-hmm. into that, that it's such a different world that it's hard for a spouse who has, you know, no law enforcement, uh, experience to be around that and be a part of that all the time. So if you're not that way, if you're not all in, it can be a very lonely experience on that side. Now, you know, so I had so many questions and you were so patient and talking about it. So one of the things that I said to you that I was always amazed at was your ability to shift gears essentially with me. And I know you had told me about your previous marriage and your, your personality during that time that you called yourself type A. You know, that you were very driven, very career minded and you were climbing the ladder and that was your focus and, and doing all of that then. So you had kind of t- almost too busy. Your focus was on work. not Well, on it's, help, it's, right? Fair. if
1: I was better balanced at that time, um, I could have taken a lesson from other successful people. Right. And unfortunately, I did not get that memo. <laughs> and I was type A and I truly loved it. I'm sure police officers listening to this uh, mm. will agree. It's a great job. Right. It, there's none other like it in the in the whole world there is none other like being a police officer which is the allure for those of us that are going in for the right reasons right we want to be in it
0: so there probably isn't an easy or a singular answer for this how as a police spouse who's living that experience right now how how do they deal with that you now we always agree that. If we were dating back then, we wouldn't have made it. We would have fought like cats and dogs. He was type A. I was probably, I guess the nicest way to say it is I would be very demanding and I would have very high expectations of his time and attention. So that would have been fights nonstop and we wouldn't have made it. You know, now we are the kinder, gentler versions of ourselves and, you know, the more experienced versions of ourselves but for anybody going through this right now young and with their spouse climbing the ladder or just striving to achieve goals in the workforce and she's at home i hate to stereotype but i'm going to stereotype and i know there's lots of variations of that but just for for the sake of this conversation so she's home is she supposed to try and rein him in and say you know, enough of the bullshit. You need to be home. Is she supposed to let let them run buck wild? How do you deal? How do they do it? Is there an answer to that?
1: I don't think there's a steadfast answer. And I say that because it is still it is still two human beings in a relationship. Right. No matter what sex you are, what denomination you are, what jobs you each have, you're still two human beings trying to have a relationship that continually moves forward. And not all of it's blamed on the job. It's the people involved as well. Both people have to have a balance. And I have good friends that have done things differently than I did at the time and have come out equally as satisfied in their career. And what, I, what do I mean by that? I'll give you a quick example. A very good friend of mine did not go to the evening shift, which is considered the busiest mm. in the city, when I did. I volunteered to go. I couldn't wait to go to evenings where the action was. He stayed on what they call the relief list, where he backfilled, police officers will understand this language, where he backfilled other people's days off. Mm-hmm. So he would rotate every 30 days between days and evenings. So he was home at different times. where I was always away during the evening. So if you work a four to 12, like I did about one 30 two o'clock, you're pulling away from whatever you're doing for the day. You're done. You have to go home and get ready, head in. So he did that when he had a baby, then he went to evening so he could be home during the day while his wife worked. So everything was by necessity and fast forward about 40 or 45 years for them.
0: Still going they're strong. still
1: they're still together mm-hmm. and they're highly successful. Right. And I've always admired him for that and he knows this as well. He planned it differently. He had a more uh forward thinking than I did. For me, I absorb everything like a sponge on the job. I Dove in and wanted to be part of it, wanted to go to the worst areas of the city Mm. because it was the busiest and the most action. And again, I'm sure police officers out there, both male and female, can appreciate that. I wanted to be involved in everything. I volunteered for everything as a young officer.
0: To me, as a being a spouse of that, I, you, how do you fight that? I don't think you can fight that. There's two choices, I think, in that case. And it's either be all in and get on board and hang on tight, or you have another choice to make, basically. That's that's tough.
1: It's very tough. And I don't think there's a good answer for that. The people make or break the success rate. It's really tough. I've always admired male or female that are involved with police officers that at some point early on, they decide... This is not for me. And they break up and they go their separate sure. ways. That may sound sad or maybe even callous, but I think it's fantastic that that person knew. Right.
0: Yeah. Knowing what you're...
1: What it, you don't want. Yes. That this lifestyle and all the trimmings that come with it is not for me. And I get it. And I know some people that that's happened to. And I always thought, this is not for you, then you shouldn't be here. And right. as police officers too, if it, if this job doesn't fit you, then you shouldn't be here either. Move on and do something else that's it's a better fit for you, your life, your partner, wherever you're at. It's important because we have to carry you if you're not into this job and you're not doing it well.
0: Yeah, that's huge. And, and that that is so much part of, of all of that, that if you don't have a partner or a spouse who it does have your back and who is supporting you in the background and encouraging you and simply being okay with everything, that affects your ability to be the best at your job. So there's so, relationships are so complicated generally, or they can be so complicated generally. Being in a law enforcement relationship is is just a whole, whole other level of complicated. And it, we both always say that I came into the relationship at the later part of your career. So you were already well-established. You, you had already the kind of been there, done that whole thing. You were, you know, and are, of course, the, the more mellow version Sure. Of yourself, because you'd, you'd accomplish the goals that you'd set for yourself. So you were satisfied with yourself in your life. And that's huge, too, being with somebody who is completely content and confident in themselves. And they just exude that. It's not arrogance. It's just confidence. There is a three word phrase or saying, I guess, I don't know, that you coined that kind of encompasses all of this all of relationships and you're kind of a genius for coming up with it. And I'm going to let you tell everyone what the key to a successful relationship is. For the answer to that question, you're going to need to tune in next week for part two of episode one of Blue Family Unity. Thanks for listening. See you next week.